everybody. Um, I'm Livy. I'm an adult child. Um, I've just been to this meeting so few times, but I listened to it on the record and I love the fact that it's available to me. Um, I walk out in nature a couple of times a week and I listen to the speakers and I've loved it. So I'm really grateful that that's made possible for all of us. I get a lot out of listening to people share. So, so it's an unexpected privilege to kind of be here with you guys. And, um, and I've just opened the book up page 121, I couldn't do it alone anymore. I grew up in what I thought was a normal household. My mother started to work when I entered the first grade. With our parents working, my two sisters and I were expected to care for the house. About that time, I remember not wanting to go to school and not wanting to leave the house. When I was at school, I wanted to go home during my lunchtime to make sure that everything was all right. I thought, if I do more, my parents will care more about me. It'll be good enough to be loved, but I never felt good enough. I'll probably stop the reading there. Um, so that's page 121 of the Big Red Book. And um, I just, need to acknowledge, you know, my higher power brought me into this program and gifted me 12 steps of recovery. Um, and I'm just so grateful that on this day, um, I get to choose who I am. Um, and that reading is, is um, not my story, but I can relate to it, like all the shares and, and all the pain and the abuse and everything I hear in these rooms. Um, I just can't believe I finally found my family. Um, and here I am on the other side of the world looking at you guys, feeling like I fit and I belong and I'm loved. And yeah, now I'm covered in goosebumps, you know. Um, my story is um, I'm one of seven children. My dad's the alcoholic. He's about 84. Um, I honestly thought his seizures would take him out last year he was having lots of seizures in a short amount of time and um yeah it was really painful to watch him drinking himself to death and more painful that i'm one of seven kids and the only one that made it to recovery um so it's really an extraordinary place to be when um, everybody else is running around crazy and I'm actually sitting back watching what's going on um, and identifying exactly what's going on with the help of this book and the fellows in this program that have taught me um, about dysfunction. So yeah, my dad is still here. My mum's still here too, she's 86. And, um, and one of the things that stood out to me when I got into ACA was I heard all these people that stepped out from their families and I thought, far out, how do they do that? <laughs> um, and five months and two weeks ago, I stepped out of my family too, because um, I just didn't realise that I didn't have an identity. I was just part of mum. Um, and I don't know why there's three boys in our family that are the eldest and then there's four girls. And I don't know why I was gifted with enmeshment. <laughs> um, but I've spent my whole life worrying about my mother and I've never had a life of my own. 
Um, so my mother comes from a really traumatic childhood. Uh, there's lots of abandonment and there's mental health issues and um, there's lots of sadness. But most of all, there's unhealed trauma in my mum's life that she doesn't even see. Um, and that's created a woman that I really love dearly, but has really hurt me deeply. Um, and in about May and June, she became very unwell. And I was starting to wonder what the heck was wrong with my family, because most people that are unwell get taken to hospital. Um, but yeah, I come from a big family. There's a lot of addiction there and there's a lot of crazy things that don't make sense. So when I got to the house and I said to dad, I think mum's about to die. Um, I think the right thing to do is call an ambulance. He said he'd ask mum. Um, and that's the product of a man that's just been cared for and mum's just been his caretaker for 60 years of marriage. And they've both hid out in a church and hid out in a faith and dragged us seven along into that faith and given us a kind of weird kind of God that has hurt me too. Um, God never hurt me, but um, the rules and the practices and the things that I was taught um, haven't served me well as an adult, especially a gay one. Um, so I did decide that I'd give dad 10 seconds and I called the ambulance and I got mum to the hospital and that rendered me in deep shit with my family. Um, and I copped abuse from them that I've never experienced before. Um, so on that day, I walked away. And, you know, I didn't know if mum would die and if I'd see her again. But I knew I'd done all that I could, you know, and all that a human being would do for someone they loved. But, yeah, crazy family. Um, people in my family don't know how to behave. They don't know how to communicate. They don't feel. We don't share. We don't have boundaries. There's no privacy. Um, so we don't have skills, yet we're all adults and there's a lot of us. And I've got, you know, uncles and aunties and nieces and nephews and people drowning in this disease. Um, all the while they wouldn't have a clue because it's never been any different. Um, so yeah, stepping outside of my family, um, my mum's alive, she had two strokes and she was in hospital for a while um, and the last five months have been really painful to not just attach and love her from a distance, it's detaching emotionally and getting her out of my thoughts and my daily responsibility because it's all I've done. And um, I realised today my thinking's distorted because I grew up in a house that was weird. <laughs> um, so big big part of my dysfunction is my religion that I was given in childhood. I was taken to mass every day. Um, and I think that's because mum copes in the church and it's her little piece of respite when the world's crazy around her and she can't deal with her trauma. Um, 
and now she's too old to even know it's there. Uh, but that doesn't mean I've got to go down, you know. Um, the pandemic came in um, May 2020 to my home and, um, yeah, and at that time I was recently separated from my partner. Um, surprise, surprise, an alcoholic. Um, and, yeah, we had 23 years of a life and we created a family with four beautiful sons. Um, but her disease was going to repeat history. Um, so, yeah, it was time to say goodbye. And as painful as that is to separate kids from a parent, um, it was the best thing I could do for them. And, um, you know, four years on, we've watched her try to destroy herself um, and and today she's sober, you know. Um, she nearly died earlier this year because she was too drunk to even stand up, let alone be in a car. Um, but she wound herself up in hospital and on that day I could separate the disease from a person that I loved because since asking her to leave that day, I was just filled with anger and resentment and frustration at someone that was part of our family that got to walk away, find a new partner, live a new life, uh, hand over 100% care of four little people that loved her. Um, so, yeah, to try and deal with my anger, I wandered into the ruins of Al-Anon because I just knew I was going to get sick, physically sick. Um, but Al-Anon just held me like a baby, you know? I was just so confused because I didn't know what the heck this disease was. I uh, didn't really know the extent of the damage in my childhood and the abandonment and emotional neglect, you know? Um, and all because no one knows and no one was ever taught how to be and no one ever felt their feelings or hugged a kid that just needed love. Um, yeah, this program and the opportunity to reparent myself has just given me this amazing opportunity to break this cycle of dysfunction in my home. Um, and as hard as that's been for like five months without a family. Um, five minutes remaining. Thanks, TD. It just gave me the time, like pandemic round two, you know, 94 days in lockup with my four kids. Um, I don't know how I would have got through that if it wasn't for this program, because I just did a meeting every day and I gave the kids a break every day to get on their devices and do what they wanted. And this program just got me through one day at a time. Um, so I don't know where I'd be. I reckon I'd be in a funny farm or locked up um, if it weren't for this program. Because um, I just don't know how I would have got through. Um, and to have the understanding of the disease and to learn that everything about my life was upside down. And I needed just to slow down and sit still and be with myself so that I could find this inner part of me that I had abandoned for my whole life. Um, so I was just so grateful that when I got into the rooms of ACA, I was really ready to do the steps and I found a sponsor in that first week. 
and um, we worked through that yellow workbook over the next 19 months. Every week we met for one or two hours and, oh, mate, <laughs> I just didn't know who I was. And every time I said that doesn't relate to me, it actually did because I just lived on the top of myself and I never went down into feel and I never went into my body because I just, I just was too painful. And um, those worksheets in step four, I thought were going to break me. Um, and I had to have a break from the book because I just felt like sawdust. Uh, and to face abuse and to face PTSD and not just to look at my childhood but my adult life. Um, it's going to take me a long time but today I've got therapy and I see this amazing woman once a fortnight and I've been doing EMDR to try and break down some of the pain and go back so that I can actually just really honestly look at what happened and acknowledge that that's what happened so that I can just let myself cry and feel and acknowledge that was just the way it was and that doesn't mean tomorrow's not a good day and tomorrow's not my choice and tomorrow's not anything I want it to be because it's remaining thanks TD yeah because the reparenting the four-step check-in yeah, I found my inner child and I've promised her that I am not going to leave her again, you know. Um, I turned 50 in November and um, I had no family. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so it was such an unusual space to be in because nobody contacted me and um, I just did realise that my whole life's been about fixing everybody's problem in my family and putting myself at the bottom of the list. So yeah, today I just feel like I can let the guilt go. I think being um, raised in a religion has been such a challenge for me to let go of guilt and those rules that told me I am not. <laughs> I am not worthy to be in that church. I can't get married in there. Uh, I can't sit in there without getting a hit of abandonment and feeling shame um so it's not good for me to be in there it's not good for me to take my kids in there and it and it is okay for my kids to say mum why why can't you get married in there like you've spent your whole life in that church so to walk away not only from my family but the religion that raised me I don't know where I got it from it's these rooms you know it's courage that I see in other people that share in these meetings and give me an idea. And I think, well, why the heck not, you know? Um, higher power gave me this life and I've stuffed around in my false self for 50 years. <laughs> so I'm having my own birthday party and I'm celebrating all year. And, um, and I'm just gonna do things different because I do deserve better. And I'm tired. I just don't want for what I always had. And I don't want this ball and chain around my legs and my body that drag me down and say, my life's about my family. That's time. Yay. So thanks for having me. I love the meeting. I love ACA. And um, yeah, I, I'm really grateful. I pass. <laughs>